Hi everyone, before we get to the good stuff, I want to share that learning shouldn't stop with this episode. That in addition to this podcast, I send out a monthly newsletter called The Wealth Programmed. In the newsletter, I write concise and educational articles about the state of wealth today and how we can live our best life in retirement. The write-ups are purely focused on building wealth, distributing wealth, tax smart strategies, and smart investment strategies so we can have a little bit more peace of mind. Oh, and before I forget, health. The optimal retirement comes with great health. Now, that doesn't mean you need to be a fitness enthusiast to sign up and read these newsletters, but one thing that separates my financial planning is the evaluation of your health and how it impacts your future. To sign up, go to the notes on the app that you are listening to this podcast on right now and click the link to sign up for the Wealth Program newsletter. And the next one, beginning next month, will be delivered directly to your inbox. Now, let's get on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast Wealth Program. Today, we're going to talk a lot about restricted stock units. Now, we're not going to go super deep, but there's a reason for that. Restricted stock units aren't completely complex, but there are some intricacies that we need to pay attention to to make good decisions around RSUs and specifically RSU planning. So we're going to talk about what restricted stock units are, what happens at vesting. Grant and vest are two different things. We're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about taxation and how it plays into this whole mess. Continued ownership. So after the vesting date, what happens after you receive the shares or the units or the stock? And then what happens if you sell the shares after your vesting date? And then we're going to talk about some planning opportunities. So there's going to be a bunch to cover, and I'm going to be as specific and concise as possible. This isn't going to be your 30-minute podcast. This one's going to be a little bit shorter because I want to get to the point. If you want to learn a little bit more, see more visuals, you can go to my YouTube channel. I just posted a video about this as well. I'll throw that link in the show notes if you want to go watch it visually. I'm talking about the same subject, but I write some things on the whiteboard so you can see a little bit more as well. I hope you're liking the new podcast. What I want you to do is I'm going to put my email in the show notes. I want you to shoot me an email and I want you to tell me two things, how I can be better and I want you to ask me a question so I can do a Q&A podcast. I want to be able to answer all the listeners' questions. So go down below. There's going to be my email. Shoot me an email. It's going to come to me and me alone. No one's going to know who asked the questions or the feedback given. It's always appreciated. But now let's get into RSUs. All right. So part one, what are restricted stock units? So RSUs and for the rest of the podcast, I'm going to call them RSUs. Restricted stock units can be somewhat of a tongue twister if you say it a bunch, but let's just call them RSUs. These are a direct grant of company stock in the form of compensation and will be taxed like traditional income when it's vested. So RSUs apply to a publicly traded company that's going to have shares of stock that are publicly traded and are available to purchase. RSUs are not options like a non-qualified stock option or an incentive stock option. RSUs are not options. Restricted stock units or RSUs, sorry, are going to be 
company grants that's going to be built into your compensation bundle and it's going to be delivered to you in the form of stock shares as opposed to like a bonus, say you get a bonus or a big commission check and that's going to come to you in cash. Like you're going to pay your taxes, they're going to withhold, Social Security, your FICA, federal, state, and then you're going to get a direct deposit in your bank account of cash money and then you're going to go spend it. RSUs are distinctly different because on that vesting day, the day that you meet, say, your time requirement, which we'll talk about, or production requirement, which we'll talk a little bit more about as well, if you meet those specific qualifications, you get a bundle of stock paid to you on a vesting date, a specific date, and it's going to be based off how many shares times the market price, and that's what's going to be your taxable income. So it's really unique. So there's a little bit of a calculation that goes into it. On that vesting date, you're going to get a pile of shares and you got to take that number and you multiply it by the market price of your company's stock. And whatever that number is, is going to be the amount that's going to be taxable to you as income. Okay, so let's add some numbers to it. Let's say you're granted, I don't know, 10,000 shares of your company's stock. And it's going to be given to you over a four-year period. That's called a graded vesting schedule. And over that four-year period, say the first year you're going to get 1,000, and the next year you're going to get 2,000, and then the next year you're going to get 3,000, and then the next year you're going to get 4,000. But to get those amounts in those given years, you're most likely going to have to meet one of two requirements or maybe both. You're going to have to meet some sort of time requirement where you're going to have to have worked at the company for a certain period of time, say one year, and you meet that mark, then all you get that bundle of shares. Or you meet some sort of production requirement where, hey, you hit your goals, we're going to grant you, we're going to let you, I'm sorry, because they've already been granted, we're going to let you vest in those shares. So let's talk a little bit about granting and vesting. Those are different. So I've mentioned them both already in this podcast. We're a few minutes in. Granting and vesting are different. So granting just means that basically in your contract, you they say, we're going to grant you these shares. But at that point, nothing happens. It's just a contractual agreement that you meet that time requirement or the production requirement that you're going to get those shares at some point in the future. But at the grant nothing happens. So don't get too excited. It can be exciting like, oh man, these are going to come to me, but nothing has happened yet. So let's say on January 1st, you're granted a thousand shares. Let's say on December 31st is the vesting date. Vesting is the day where the shares are actually delivered to you. So let's say your company, we're going to use some more numbers here. Let's give an example. Let's say your company gives you a thousand shares, they grant you them on the first, and on the 31st, you meet the requirements and they vest. And on that date, your stock price is $100 per share. So XYZ company, the company that you love, that you're dying for, is worth $100 per share. So that means on the 31st of December, you're gonna get $100,000 worth of company stock. 
to reiterate, a thousand shares at $100 per share is a hundred thousand bucks. Now, remember how I mentioned before, normally when you get a bonus, you get a hundred thousand dollar bonus and they withhold taxes and then whatever's left over, they put it into your bank account. Well, in this case, you're not getting cash. Like I mentioned before, you're getting shares. So you get a hundred thousand dollars worth of shares, but you're still going to have withholding. In most RSU plans with your company, you're going to have a mandatory withholding of probably either 22% or 37%. The 37% will come into play if you make essentially over a million dollars a year, but just assume in this case 22%. So what's going to happen in most cases is there's going to be a mandatory withholding and they're going to hold back enough shares to cover 22% in our example a hundred shares, or I'm sorry, a thousand shares at a hundred dollars per share or a hundred thousand dollars, they're going to withhold $22,000 worth of shares or 220 shares. And so what happens after this is you're left with 780 shares or 78,000 bucks. But the very next day, let's say this all happens on a weekday and the market is open the next day. Those 780 shares that were at $100 could be at $102. They could be at $98. Because remember, you now own shares. You don't own cash. You own shares. So this is where things become interesting. This is the second part of the taxation. So let's just do a little recap. And this recap will lead us into the two big parts of taxation with RSUs. The first taxation was you get vested. That's when the shares are paid to you. And that's when the taxes are withheld. That's one. That's W-2 income. That's ordinary income. So you get $100,000 in our example of ordinary income. And the 22% is withheld for taxes. W-2 ordinary income. Now, let's say you maintain the shares. Now you own the shares as if you bought them on your own out in the marketplace. And you're subject to traditional, short-term, and long-term capital gains rules. So let's say your shares on the vesting data are worth $100 and then six months later, your shares are worth $110. That $10 difference between the vesting date amount of $100 and the next sale date whenever you decide to sell the shares is going to be taxable to you. So let's say you sold all the shares, 780 shares at $10 per share, that's going to be $7,800 of short-term capital gains that will be basically taxed at your ordinary income tax brackets. Now, you're probably wondering, why only 10 bucks? Why is only 10 bucks taxable as short-term capital gains? Because the initial vesting amount when the taxes were withheld, the $78,000 that you had left over, that's $78,000 you already pay taxes on essentially. So that's your basis. You'll only pay long-term or short-term capital gains on anything in excess of that amount. So if the stock price went from 100 on the vesting date to your sale date in the future and is worth 110, like I just mentioned in an example, that $10 or that excess is what's subject to any short-term or long-term capital gains. And in this case, since we sold it in six months, which is less than one year, that would be short-term gains. If you waited over a year or over 12 months and sold those shares, say it was 
worth 110, that $10 would be long-term capital gains. So that's the second point that really needs to be evaluated when you're making decisions about RSUs. So not only are they just going to be given to you, you don't have an option. As long as you meet those time or production requirements, you're going to get those RSUs to vest. So then you have the decision, do you want to keep them and see what happens in the market or do you want to sell them? You have the option to actually sell all the shares if you would like. Do note, the additional selling of shares on the vesting date is not an additional taxable event. So let's go back to our example. 1,000 shares, $100 per share on the vesting date creates $100,000 of W-2 income. The company or the system is going to naturally withhold 22% or $22,000 and they're going to sell that to the IRS. So you have $78,000 left in shares or 780 shares at $100 per share. You could sell the rest of them. That doesn't create any taxable event. That does create the cash distribution that you may want or what may be looking for, which could be very valuable for you in planning situations. So why would you do this? What would be the reason where you would just say on your vesting date, and you can do this, after the tax are withheld, you sell off the remaining shares and put them into cash? One of the big initial reasons is going to be to increase diversification. You don't want to keep too many eggs in one basket, generally speaking. So if you have a lot of these RSUs vesting over a period of four, five, six, seven, however many years, you could end up accumulating a lot of extra stock that's going to be subject to traditional market fluctuation and you may be overweighted to one particular company's performance although you're there working and you love the company and you think great things are on the horizon you may not like having all those assets or all of your assets overweighted in that company stock that could potentially hurt your long-term goals the next reason would be to be able to use the money more actively Remember, you've already paid tax on the whole thing. So if you sell off the rest of the shares on the vesting date, I'm specifically talking about the vesting date right now. If you sold off the rest of the shares, you could use it maybe to pay off debts, build a separate cash protection plan that was outside of your company stock, pay your tax bills, which we'll talk about, or you can invest the money elsewhere in a more diversified and long-term strategy that's built towards your goals. Now, I want to highlight one thing about that list that we just talked about paying taxes. The 22% withholding that we discussed before that is usually mandatory. You'd have to double check with your company, but in most cases, that's the number. Sometimes that 22% may not pay all of the taxes that you're due. Because remember, this is going to happen sometime in the year. And then when you file your taxes, because you just had $100,000 of additional income, Depending on what your tax brackets are, the 22% may not be enough. So selling some more shares at the time of vesting could be a good idea to set money aside to make sure you have enough for your tax bill because we definitely don't want to short the IRS. They're going to come after you and it could get a little bit ugly. This is essentially my first preface into the importance of planning. RSUs aren't just something that you get and really being attentive to your planning and your strategy really can help protect you when it comes to RSUs. But being aware of those taxes is really important. And a good advisor or a good CPA can help project this with you. 
So you just want to make sure that you're planning around your decisions on why you're going to do the things that you're going to do with your RSUs. I have a lot of clients that just sell them all when they can. As soon as they vest, they just sell them. The taxes are already gone, already gone and it helps us just prepare and diversify to achieve any long-term or high-quality goals. Another thing you can really pay attention to is the opportunity to sell off shares over a period of time. So we talked a lot about taxes, and taxes is one of the biggest components of your RSU strategy. But one thing you can do is when you get those shares on the vesting day, and say you retain the rest of them, but you really like your company and where they're going to go, and you think that they're going to continue to grow, and that stock price is going to continue to grow with them, it could be an option to sell off shares in blocks over years. So in our example before, I mentioned we were left over with 780 shares. You could maybe sell off 25% of those shares in one year, 25% the next year, and 25% the next year to help mitigate any tax problems that you may have. In addition, it'll help mitigate any performance problems that the company is having. What if you vested and the stock's on a deep slide and they just kept sliding and sliding and sliding. You didn't hate the stock, but you felt like you needed time to let it recover. And this could be a part of the strategy. Even right now, if you look at some stocks, these are not recommendations to buy in any capacity, but Facebook's really down. Amazon's really down. There are some really profitable and high quality companies right now that give RSUs to their employees but the stock has been sliding in 2022. So maybe you just want to give it some time. So maybe you can wait a year, sell off a block that gets you into the long-term capital gains rate, which is a more affordable rate. And now we're cooking. So there's a bunch of strategies that can come into play around RSUs. Before I finish this up, I want to lay down a couple notes, things that are really important. Do know that we've been talking about RSUs or restricted stock units not restricted stock although they are very closely related they are extremely similar you got to know that we're talking about the rsus not just the rs's the restricted stock what that means for you is there's no 83b election for rsus which is a separate way to tax restricted stock but it does not apply to restricted stock units because they're taxed under a separate tax code so you need to distinguish the difference and make sure you have a good understanding of which type of restricted stock you have. And not to beat a dead horse, but we just need to make sure that you're protecting against underwithholding on your taxes. There's going to be a mandatory withholding like we've talked about a lot, but you need to do a little bit of planning just to make sure that you've withheld enough. And if you haven't, you might need to make sure you have enough cash to pay any extra because sometimes RSUs can pay out big not just a hundred thousand dollars in my example they can pay off in a couple hundred thousand dollar increments which is great for you and i'm really happy for you but i want to make sure that we have a good understanding of what's coming to you i can educate you some more so you can make some high quality decisions around your planning this is it for rsus again if you want to go watch the youtube video if you're more of a visual learner that's up on my youtube channel it's just youtube.com slash thatcher taylor that's youtube.com slash t-h-a-t-c-h-e-r-t-a-y-l-o-r and you can check out the video as well plus it's going to have some cool editing maybe a little bit of music but this was a really good chat if you have any questions feel free to reach out to me and just a reminder email me 
ways that I can get better, and some questions that you want to know about so I can answer on an upcoming Q&A podcast. But this is it for RSUs. Thank you for listening. I hope that you can sign up for these podcasts so you can check out the next one that will be due here in a week. Thanks for listening. Bye. much for listening to today's episode take a look at the show notes for links to all the topics that were discussed and stay tuned for the next episode as they're going to be dropping weekly make sure to subscribe and go to www.propathfinancial.com to learn more The information provided in these podcasts is only to be considered helpful hints and education. Nothing said in any of these podcasts is to be misconstrued as specific tax, legal, or investment advice. Consult with your tax, legal, or investment professional before acting on anything discussed on these shows.